Our modern economy requires that we show up eight hours a day, five days a week, for 40 years in a row, and there's never a break. Um, but if you look at the Bible as an example um, or a framework, like every seven years, people took a year off. There was, you know, Jubilee was a year of rest, and they got paid or they were compensated during that year off. This is Supernatural Business in Times of Crisis, the podcast. I'm Andrew Montesi, and I created this show to help empower and equip you to take on the impossible in business. This isn't your average business podcast. In the midst of a global crisis, I interview powerful leaders who will take you deeper, revealing how to operate in business from your position of power in God's kingdom, in faith instead of fear, helping you advance in adversity. There's Supernatural Breakthrough available for your business and your life today. Hey, thanks for joining me. Now you're going to love this interview with Bryant Hawkes. Bryant is incredibly gifted in building brand identities, storytelling, and growing businesses, all in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And he has some fascinating insights about what all this means in times of pressure and crisis. Over the past decade, Bryant has pioneered powerful methodologies which have achieved award-winning results for his clients and employers. When working with Bethel Music, he helped to fuel rapid growth during a time when the music industry contracted 70% year over year. He also helped advance the development of the popular Bethel TV and Worship You platforms. Bryant has also delivered storytelling workshops and programs for global brands like Google, Airbnb, LinkedIn, Microsoft and others. He is now a sought-after advisor and is working with the Adventure Challenge, a startup which is seeing a huge spike in growth through the coronavirus pandemic. But Bryant's biggest challenge and achievement is raising six kids with his wife in California. We cover a lot of territory in this discussion, including how crisis can change our economy and culture for the better, partnering with God in strategy, innovation and creativity, and practically how Bryant does this, the importance of storytelling, kingdom business values when times are tough, and so much more. Enjoy the discussion with Bryant Hawkes. Bryant, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Now, I wanted to kick off. Uh, I want to know what your world looks like right now, um, not just from a business perspective, because, you know, most people, their, their world's all over the place in business, but you've just got six kids in the mix as well on top of that. So what does it look like for you at the moment? Uh, it's interesting, to say the least. So I, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a father of six. Um, and my wife and I are actually in the process of selling our house. Um, so in addition to being stuck at home and schools canceled, um, having six kids at home and trying to work from home for um, multiple jobs and client situations, we're working on packing up and um, selling furniture and showing our house um, and working with a real estate agent and trying to do as much of that remotely as possible. Um, and things are just wild. <laughs> I mean, uh, as it, you know, as a story for everybody, COVID-19 sort of came out of nowhere um, in the middle of one of the busier seasons that we've had over the past couple of years. Um, so for the most part, we've decided to just keep moving forward. Um, and we're taking this in stride and trusting God and, um, we're staying at home as much as we can right now. I'm in the office of the adventure challenge, which is uh, one of the companies that I'm working with. So the office is closed down and deserted and I'm quarantine, um, approved because there's nobody else here. So even if, you know, I were uh, to be contagious, which I'm not, but if I were, um, I can't infect anybody. So occasionally I'll sneak out of the house to have a video call or, um, to get some work done that demands, uh, quiet, which is not a word that I would use to describe my house <laughs> or my living environment. Um, but other than that, I'm posted up at the table or in my bedroom and um, you know, working in my pajamas and just getting things done. Um, and it's going pretty good. I mean, I enjoy the time with my family and my kids are missing their friends, but also they appreciate not having to go to school every day. Um, we actually used to homeschool our kids a few years ago. So um, on that front, my wife is a pro and it's, you know, she's back in the flow and creating a routine and 
things are working. Wow, mate. You seem like you've somehow got it all sorted, and I don't see any extra grey hairs from when I last saw you. (laughs) Well, the hat is... (laughs) It's true. Maybe you're covering it up on Uh, the hat. magic. Yeah. So what does work look like at the moment, Brian? Uh, So the main client that I'm working with is the Adventure Challenge, which is a company, uh, it's a local startup here in Reading, and the founder created a book of scratch-off date ideas, um, well, there's actually three editions. So there's a couple's edition, a family edition, and a friend's edition, and all three are the same concept, but serve a different demographic. The couple's edition is by far our most popular product, um, and that's scratch-off date ideas. There's a lottery scratcher type um, hidden challenge or date. Um, throughout the book, there's 50 of them, and you have to scratch off the challenge so you don't know what you're going to do until you scratch it off. And then once you do, you're committed, and um, the challenge is something that you and your significant other can do as like a fun. Um, a lot of them are actually stay-at-home dates, um, and the family edition and the friends are similar. Um, and so for the family edition, there's a lot of ideas of uh, games and activities that families can do at home. Um, it's fun, creative, sort of out-of-the-box ways for families to connect with each other. Um, and I think because of the nature of the product and what we're selling, the demand for it actually increased during quarantine. Um, and we're really trying to lean into the brand messaging and um, refocusing our narrative around helping people connect while they're stuck at home. And because of that, our sales are going up. Um, the Adventure Challenge has been able to hire additional staff. Um, so there were some people in our community who lost their jobs because a restaurant closed or, you know, uh, their job had to, unfortunately, lay people off. And so the Adventure Challenge was able to um, hire a few additional customer support staff. And we're looking for other ways to add to our team. Um, the founders are looking for opportunities to um, give back to the community through either some uh, like nonprofit situations or um, looking for other small businesses and startups that we can help support during this time. Um, so we feel fortunate and blessed that our sales are increasing during this crisis. Um, We're definitely being intentional about innovating and um, changing and um, having an appropriate way of communicating with our audience during the situation. Um, But also I think it's important to keep in mind that uh, the Corona crisis is a surprise to us, but it's not a surprise to God. Um, So he knew what was coming Um, he was preparing us even when we weren't aware that we were being prepared. Um, and so there's a lot of marketing initiatives that we started months ago that have just begun to pay off now that, um, given the circumstances couldn't have been better timing. Um, recently, good morning America featured the adventure challenge. Um, and we had one of our biggest sales day of the year, um, or 2020, uh, similar to a Black Friday sales um, spike. Um, so that was amazing. A lot of the influencer and email and SMS marketing that we've been um, working on is in full production now. And um, those channels are all performing, um, especially with the updated focus on helping families and couples connect you know, while they're stuck at home. Um, and then we um, are extremely intentional about doing... Um, using data and uh, responsibly. So we updated the copy on our website to hit on the pain points of people are stuck at home, um, trying to avoid cabin fever. They're not sure what to do. Um, they're trying to um, you know, make the most of the extra time at home, uh, both to connect with their family, but also uh, to not go stir crazy. Um, so we created a series of 15 different um, banners and headlines and graphics for our website. AB tested all of them. Uh, the winning variant increased our conversion rate by almost 40%. Uh, So we're just um, doing our best to um, meet people where they're at and then also be creative and innovative uh, in the face of, um, you know, something unprecedented, at least within my lifetime. You mentioned that uh, you now see in retrospect how, how God was actually setting you up for this. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, 
my process for um, anything I do in marketing at this point, which I've worked in marketing for about 10 years, um, a little bit longer maybe. Um, but when I'm building a marketing plan, I spend time with Holy Spirit asking for insight and inspiration and direction on um, not only the creative ideas and the copy and the concepts, um, but also the strategy. Um, marketing is an infinite landscape and there's, you know, the, uh, the directions that you could take are um, sometimes overwhelming. It's like, do you focus on CPC or SEO or CRL or social or what kind of social and which channels and um, should we invest in TikTok or is, you know, it's like um, there's so many decisions to make and the Adventure Challenge has a fairly small team. Um, I work with one graphic designer, um, somebody who runs all of our uh, paid advertising. Um, and then one of the founders is heavily involved and invested in the marketing content and the creative um, strategy. And then myself and there's other people on the team who wear multiple hats who pitch in and help out with projects. Um, and sometimes with, you know, a social idea here or there. Um, but for the most part, that's it. Um, so we're a small team with limited resources and we can't focus on everything at once. Um, and because of that, um, before I created the marketing strategy for 2020, I just spent, um, I think two weeks almost, um, uh, listening and praying and asking Holy Spirit for insight and direction. And then I built the plan um, with his leading. Um, and now that we're into 2020 um, and seeing everything that's happening and seeing that like our AB testing strategy, which is something that we started before coronavirus happened, but is now paying off in spades is something that I felt like Holy Spirit told me to focus on, you know, before this happened um, or like the PR strategy that we um, started in reviewing uh, PR companies two months ago and hired uh, the PR company that we're working with now a little over a month ago. Um, so like the timing for that, which landed us on good morning America is, you know, it would be impossible for me to engineer <laughs> or try to manufacturing, you know, perfect timing um, for that. So, I think in all of this, it's just important uh, for us to keep this perspective that um, not only is there light at the end of the tunnel, but God is in the tunnel. Um, we can look to him for direction on um, the decisions that we're making and on the way we respond um, and the, um, the strategies. And even uh, some companies, you know, are having to do layoffs, which is tragic. We can talk about that. And I think there's a right or wrong way to do layoffs, but um, for those who are uh, realizing that letting go of some of their staff is inevitable, I think you know Holy Spirit can direct uh, how to navigate uh, those circumstances. Um, and then I think people just need to take a step back and uh, remember the conversations that they've been having um, for the past year and remember the promises and the prophecies and, you know, even going all the way back to your origin story and remembering your brand's identity and why you started it in the first place. Um, I think it's important to have a true North um, or something that can guide you like that North star through these, um, you know, sometimes incredibly challenging and scary circumstances. Um, sometimes, you know, not everybody is in a crisis um, financially, or not every business is, is in a crisis financially. I think the toilet paper companies are doing just fine. Um, <laughs> uh, but for those who are, uh, for the industries that have to shut down, like travel, um, you know, or some retail or restaurants, I think if you are if you're a Christian running a company at this point, there's never been a better time to pause everything and just spend time listening to Holy Spirit and asking for help. So good, and I just wanted to pick up on that in a little more detail. You mentioned the noise of marketing. You know, there's there's a million different things that you could be doing. Uh, almost all of them feel right at first because for whatever reason, they could all be right. So when you are listening, how do you distill everything? How do you refine to actually hear what the Holy Spirit is saying? Uh, amongst the noise when there are a lot of potential yeses that are out there? Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's a great question. So I'm fortunate in that I have a mentor, um, his name's uh, Tim Walls, who is like, I would describe him as a modern day Joseph. Um, so he's a guy that shows up uh, to Pharaoh uh, or a king and just says like, this is the strategy that you should do. And it, you know, changes everything <laughs> and you avoid a seven year famine as a result. Uh, so Tim's been a really key, uh, uh, a key person in my life who's training and teaching me to uh, listen and incorporate the Holy spirit into business and strategy. Um, and one of the things that he taught me is that most of us, um, at least in the, you know, somewhat charismatic uh, kind of modern revival stream of Christianity are used to having encounters where we can tangibly feel the Holy spirit. And we know uh, what it's, uh, looks like when God shows up or when we're having an encounter uh, with Jesus or we can feel his presence or we can feel his love. Um, so something that Tim taught me is you start there. Um, you start by actually inviting the Holy Spirit to come and um, to spend time with you. And you get as quiet as possible. Um, for me, it was like I was sitting in a coffee shop, actually, having a conversation with Tim. Um, and he had me close my eyes and just invite the Holy Spirit um, to come and spend time with me. And you can, and so do, you can do this in Reading, I might say. You can you can do this in Reading. It's perfectly fine in you a cafe. You can, <laughs> yeah, in Reading specifically. Um, and I'm not a dramatic uh, person in my um I mean, I'm Italian, so I speak with my hands, but you, if you didn't know what I was doing, you wouldn't have known that I was having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, so you can do this anywhere. You don't have to close your eyes. I just decided to. Um, so I said, Holy Spirit, invite your presence. And then I paid attention to what it felt like when um, he showed up. And it's like usually a very definitive, um, tangible, like, um, for me, I could, um, I could recognize the way that my body felt and the comfort and the peace and how I felt like stable and centered and the way that I felt like it was easier to hear his voice um, and all of the you know noise and chaos sort of faded away and it was just me and Holy Spirit in his presence. Um, and then from there, once you are familiar with recognizing his presence and recognizing what Holy Spirit feels like um, when you're connected with him, you just carry that throughout your day. So when you're having uh, conversations, whether it's in a meeting um, or a Zoom call or making a decision about like, should I focus on SEO or CRO over the next quarter or both? Um, I always check back with Holy Spirit and like, do I feel like he's resonating with this decision? Um, and he's, at least in my experience, he's always pointing me in the right direction. Um, so it could be as simple as like, I'm trying to make a decision between SEO and CRO and I'll pause and take a minute with SEO and say, does it feel like Holy Spirit is close and resonating with that? Or do I feel like there's a disconnect or there's a distance or there's something missing? Um, and for me often, like I talk to God and I hear his voice and sometimes he speaks uh, you know, very definitively um, like do this thing and this is, you know, the headline to use in your ad that happens and that's exciting. Um, but sometimes it's just as simple as like, I'm in a meeting and I'm trying to make a decision between two potentially good ideas and I'm not sure which one is the right idea. And the one that I feel closer to Holy Spirit while I'm um, focused on it is the one that I will pursue. And it's not, you know, it's not rocket science and it's not magic. And um, there's not really an easy, uh, you know, one size fits all uh, version of that answer, except that the Holy Spirit leads me uh, through peace. And so uh, I allow the, the peace and his presence to uh, at least point me in the right direction. And then the rest of it's like, you know, you figure it out as you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, surround yourself with people you trust and you try things and it's okay if you fail, but yeah. he points me in the right direction. Yeah. And like, I think clearly what you're demonstrating is that you're you're practicing it. You're going through the the process. It's not a just click your fingers and you've got this stuff nailed. It's a it's a daily, hourly journey that you're on. And you know, based on what you're yeah. saying, it feels like that you get better 
at, at hearing and receiving and understanding, um, the, mm-hmm. the more you do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the key. Um, and with all of our relationships, uh, right, we're both fathers, we're both married. Um, it's like, how do you learn to understand if your wife appreciates something you're doing? Like, well, like, look at her. <laughs> She's smiling or angry or... <laughs> Um, it's, you know, I think relationship is in the minute day to day and, uh, the, you know, each situation is different, but if you're willing to approach a relationship like the relationship, then, um, a lot of that, uh, just plays itself out. Now I'm going to come back to your really practical and awesome insights shortly, but, but firstly, I just want to get your view on, on, what do you see for this season that we're in right now uh, for business in particular? Where are we at, uh, particularly for kingdom business leaders? Um, what's the position and, and what, are we, what are we heading into? That's a great question. Um, I, I, I don't have, you know, the full picture, um, certainly, but I can share what I felt is um, – has given me a lot of vision and peace um, in this season. And it's that I think we're in a unique um, season where people are being given a chance to do a complete reset. Um, and that's actually quite rare in our modern, um, you know, fast-paced, um, rapidly evolving economy. Um, it's not often that people are forced to go home and spend time with their families and unplug and be less busy. Um, and I think even just the fact that people are spending more time with their families than they're accustomed to is uh, important. It's actually a really big deal. Um, I think uh, that we need to take advantage of the time that we have. Um, our family structures should come out of this stronger than when they went in. Our marriages uh, should be more connected. Um, it's a it can be um, a unique gift for those that have the ability to increase the amount of time they're spending with their loved ones um, in an unprecedented um, way. Obviously, it's not going to be easy for everybody. Um, if people actually have the coronavirus or um, people who lose a loved one because of the coronavirus, it's not a good situation um, but for those who are just sitting at home and waiting out the storm, I think they need to not take for granted the opportunity that they've been given. Um, and then for everything else, I feel like um, the Great Reset has the ability to um, actually um, help us come out of this stronger as an economy um, as we went in. I think that uh, there's people who are going to find ideas and solutions and um new, uh, even disruptive ways of doing business or reimagining their industry um, that will be forced to innovate because of necessity. I mean, it's a cliche, but um, necessity is the you know, what the father of innovation, I think, is the quote. Um, and that's true. That's always been true. And I think we have an opportunity to really lean into that right now. I think people who can access heaven secrets and ask Holy Spirit for insight um, will find um, that there are strategies waiting for them that will allow their businesses to be more successful as a result of what has happened than they ever could have been um, if it hadn't happened. Um, I think that this is, um, you know, it's interesting because I don't think the human being was created to work nonstop for 40 years um, until they retire and then die. I think that we're actually designed to have a cadence of, um, you know, both in season, like if you look at the agricultural age as a blueprint, um, there was seasons of sowing and then seasons of harvest and then seasons of rest. It's like during winter when it was raining, you couldn't do anything to your field. So you did it. Um, and our modern economy requires that we show up eight hours a day, five days a week for 40 years in a row, and there's never a break. Um, but if you look at the Bible as an example um, or a framework, like every seven years, people took a year off. There was, you know, Jubilee was a year of rest, and they got paid or they were compensated during that year off. 
um, and they gave their land time to rest. It's like, when did we stop giving our land the ability to rest and to restore its natural order? Even, um, you know, even in like a coffee plantation, if you plant the same crop every year for more than seven years in a row, the land actually starts to lose its um, microbial um, nutrients and its biodiversity degrades. And eventually the land won't produce anything and it'll turn into a desert. It's like, um, I think that this is an opportunity for people to uh, unplug a little bit and reevaluate how they're doing things. I think it's a way for companies to reevaluate the way that they're supporting employees through this. Like you have to act like a human being. You have to have empathy and compassion. Um, you can't go into a round of layoffs uh, without considering like, how is this going to impact people in the U S I think the, uh, the statistic is that for my age demographic, um, I don't remember the exact, um, number but it's something like 85 percent of people don't have a savings account or like if they had an unexpected 300 dollars bill come up they couldn't pay it so it's like a dismal um mm. unacceptable level of um you know our disposable income to the amount of money that we're being um, paid and that's not a dig at how much employees are being paid that is just a reminder that people need to stop and consider like a layoff has dire implications uh, to a person or to uh, the person's spouse or to even if people aren't being laid off there's two working parents at home maybe one working parent at home the kids are out of school mom's trying to do homeschool and she's trying to work a job that has to have an impact on productivity but that impact can't result in well your productivity went down so we're going to fire you during corona crisis like that's not um that's just not the way that humans should treat each other. <laughs> um, so I think this is a great opportunity for companies to ask themselves some hard questions. Like, can we be doing better? Can we do a better way of supporting people? Can we do a better job at solving some of the problems in society? Um, I think a lot of the problems that we have, like we have a housing crisis, we have a unemployment crisis. We have like, there's so many crises that are happening um, outside of just the health crisis that's happening, that companies have the ability to solve. They have the ability um, to adjust the way that their bottom line is operating um, to um, like support housing needs or to support healthcare or to support these things that have become major political hot topics where, you know, maybe they didn't have to be. Like maybe if um, companies weren't just trying to work people at the smallest amount of money that they can afford to pay for 40 years and then send a person off into retirement um, and the great beyond, um, maybe some of these things wouldn't be a crisis. And I think now uh, more than ever, companies uh, have to start to have some of those conversations. It's so true. And I think you really nailed it that I agree. We, we're not designed uh, to work, work, work. 40 hours, 40 years, um, you know, it's not supposed to be our sole purpose and our identity, which, yeah. which makes me think that this is going to be a really interesting time for people who have made their work their identity. Because not just you talked about the financial implications and kind of the daily implications, there's also the, you know, if, you, if work is your identity and you lose your job, well, what then? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think it's important that we remember uh, the original design. Uh, if you go back to the beginning or the origin, uh, I'm a storyteller by nature. So I'm always referencing the origin story, in this case of humanity. Um, if you go back to the origin uh, story of Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, Adam had a job. He was employed. He named every animal and, um, you know, I don't know, maybe more, maybe beyond, maybe trees. He was on the naming committee for sure, uh, that much I know. Um, that's a lot of work. That's a big, massive project. Um, those of us that have had to name products or songs um, or albums or you know, even just come up with copy for a website, we know that naming is hard. It takes a lot of creativity. Um, but he had all of his needs met before he went to work on day one. Like before he ever showed up and started producing, before he was productive, he had his housing, his food, 
his um he didn't need clothes fortunately but all of his basic needs were met before he ever showed up to work and i know this is like borderline political and making people uncomfortable now i'm not actually talking about socialism i'm not talking about any current form of government i'm not talking about anything that exists today because the bible predates all of that i'm talking about there are um there are ways to reimagine I'll call it that, re-engineer our economy and the way that we are approaching employment um, and things like, you know, a worker compensation, that can do the same thing. It can have the same effect. Um, if you're, if you reference like Jubilee, like every seven years, people take a year off, you could save one seventh of an employee's salary in a savings account and every seven years, give them a year as a reward that they can take off. Maybe they use that year to go back to school. Maybe they try their hand at their own company or startup. If they're successful, great. That's amazing. Celebrate them and launch them. If not, they go back to work. They have a safety net. That's okay, too. Um, there are you know, even ways that companies could invest in supplementing um, like housing needs through real estate is one of the oldest tax shelters, legal tax shelters, um, in most economies in most countries that businesses are allowed to invest in um, a business could invest in things like a duplex and maybe one of you know fourplexes or apartment complexes and maybe some of the units are either supplemental or lower cost housing for their staff and some of them are commercial property that make the company money and offset the losses of you know providing housing to their staff and then it's a tax relief and they actually save money as a result i just think that there's ways that we can do better um, I think that the human being was created with an infinite capacity for creativity. And if we focus some of that creativity on holding ourselves to a higher standard or just challenging the status quo, like we're told that the way that we do business is the right way and people just sort of blindly accept it and they hop into the hamster wheel and then they work until they die. And I just am not convinced <laughs> that that's true. I think if we uh, take a beat and we start to ask some of these questions like, is there a way that our employment compensation package can pay for, you know, housing or a car? I mean, a car lease is like $300 a month. $300 a month is not a big expense for a company, um, but it's a big deal to a parent who doesn't have to worry about their car payment. It, um, I think that now is the time to start to experiment with this and to invest in it. And I think that employees are going to remember the stories of the companies that went above and beyond when they didn't have to. Um, light shines brighter in the darkness. While a lot of companies are shrinking out of fear and pulling back resources, the companies that go the opposite direction and operate in the opposite economy. So instead of an economy of scarcity, an economy of abundance, and is betting on the future, it's betting that we're coming out of this, it's investing in the future of employment, for their brand, I think that's going to make a big impact and it can start to um, really change the status quo in the way that uh, brands are interacting with their employees. So, so good, mate. There was so much gold there. Um, I guess to to distill it down on a practical level for listeners who are, who are probably getting that revelation right now as you're speaking and going, hey, yeah, like, like this is an opportunity to reset, to, to change the way I think about literally everything in my life how do we partner with the holy spirit in doing that and actually go through a a reset process that is uh strategic from the holy spirit and not just that kind of panicky like chasing and looking for the next thing to to sink my teeth into particularly around identity and purpose and actually getting to the core of the matter yeah that's a great question um I think, you know, actually, I read a uh, verse lately that um, I feel like God's highlighting. Um, so we'll start there. It's Isaiah 61. Um, because the easy answer to your question is you just ask. Um, like, God has all the answers. He is interested in telling us what to do or what we're supposed to be doing and helping us do it. Um, like any good parent, he isn't going to look at a child struggling to, um, you know, a baby might struggle to eat food. They need food to survive. 
uh, a parent doesn't just stand back and wait for the child to figure it out themselves. It's like, well, I realize you're an infant, but you need to learn a tough love. So feed yourself. <laughs> like God's waiting for us to ask. I think. Um, so that's really step one. Like actually just ask God, is there anything that you want to talk to me about? And then wait <laughs> and see what happens. Um, but, uh, this verse, Isaiah 61, it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom to the captives, release from darkness, the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to comfort all who mourn. Like God told us what he's interested in, preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted. It's like, if you are. Um, I mean, you can apply that to a company. If you're running a company that's employing people, you have you can look at your circumstances and say, like, and ask Holy Spirit questions around that. Like, is there anything that we can do right now? Is there anything we're supposed to do right now that is going to help to free people from poverty? Is there anything that our company can do that can help us move from operating out of a poverty mindset to one of a kingdom mindset? Um, and then you just wait. And I mean, God's always talking to us. Often we're just, we need to stop and listen. Um, you see what he says. I think, uh, you know, some of this, uh, scripture is interesting. Like they'll rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. Uh, they will renew the ruined cities. Like some of what I'm talking about with Jubilee and reimagining the economy, um, even in the Bible, uh, God commanded those who had fields uh, to leave a remnant around the field uh, unharvested so that people who were poor or who didn't have food could come and harvest it themselves. Um, and it was a way that they gave back to the community. Um, when we're talking about restoring things that have been long devastated, I think we can ask God for creative ideas and inspiration. Um, is there any way that I can give back to my community? Is there anything that... Uh, you are um, breathing life on right now that we could invest in the security um, of our employees? Is there any way we can remove anxiety? I heard a story about one company that gave a stipend, uh, not just to their employees during this time, but um, employees could apply for a spouse or another loved one uh, to receive the stipend. Um, so uh, Sear Interactive is the name of the company. Sear um didn't want to ignore the fact that an employee who's working remotely and able to keep their job is going to appreciate that. But if uh, that person's spouse or a parent uh, just received a layoff and now they went from a two uh, spouse income, you know, family household down to a single income family household, that's still going to have an impact on the family or on the employee's morale and focus and stress levels and productivity and anxiety and everything that you don't want to have in a workforce. Um, and because of that, they took a specific budget um, and they broke it up into increments of, I think it was either $1,200 or $1,500 uh, stipends, and their employees could apply to give those stipends to other members of their family. So I think creative, out of the box, like let's do things differently. Let's assume that our version of uh the economy and our version of business isn't the only version. It's certainly not the pinnacle version. Uh, God has better ideas than uh, <laughs> we've had, you know, to date, ask him for inspiration. Um, and then just be willing to try things, uh, be willing to fail and take risks and experiment. Um, and <clears throat> with what we're discussing, failing can only fail forward. It's like, if you go out of your way to help, a, a staff or an employee meet some of their needs or, you know, maybe remove some of the anxiety out of their life. Um, even if it's, you know, a small gesture, it's never going to end badly. Um, the worst case scenario is that you try to roll something out and you don't have the budget to do as much as you wanted to do. So then just do what you can. Um, I think, you know, failure in these circumstances are very small risks like help people as much as you can. Um, and when you take that approach, usually it's a win-win. Um, usually there's not a lot of bad that can happen as a result of trying to help. Yeah, it's really interesting because that fear is still a massive blocker 
between people and that um, that ability to innovate and create. Particularly at this time, it's kind of a lot of people are just let's batten down the hatches, let's let's hold on to what we've got, let's preserve, let's lock this thing down and ride it out. How do you see that? And how yeah. do you? What would you say to people to help them break out of that fear-based approach and then actually step into this this innovative, creative space that we're actually called to live from? Yeah. Um, I think uncertainty is one of the greatest contributors to anxiety. Um, whether or not it should be is up for debate, but um, for a lot of people, that's the case, or at least that's what I've experienced. Um, so I think just removing uncertainty, uh, the way you communicate, the candor, uh, the way that you invite people into problem-solving, I think um, there are problems that companies are going to need to solve that the board of directors or the executives are not going to have the solutions to, and that's okay. Um, if they have a workforce at their disposal, like I said, the human mind has unlimited uh, capacity for creativity. I think you can engage your staff uh, in a problem-solving process that looks like um, being transparent, being vulnerable. Vulnerability uh, creates trust, right? Transparency creates trust. So if you let your staff know, like, hey, this is what we're dealing with. These are the problems that our company needs to overcome. We're not sure we have the right solution for how to overcome that yet, but we want to know what your ideas are. And then you open the floor to allow employees to submit ideas um, and to try to come up with creative problem-solving solutions that they then submit back to the leadership team. I think a lot of companies are going to find that ideas they wouldn't have thought of on their own are going to be presented from parts of the company that they wouldn't have expected. Um, so people are often, um, they find themselves battling with fear or anxiety and that can shut down creativity. But as soon as they feel like, Hey, we're in this together. Um, my leadership trusts me. My company is being honest with me and there's problems, but if we solve them together, then we have the ability to get through them. I think a lot of people are willing to rally and rise to the occasion. Um, and then from that, I think companies um, actually <clears throat> posted a little bit about this on some of my social channels recently. I think companies are going to find that the ideas their staff comes up with are going to be so disruptive and so innovative that it's going to uh, really change the landscape for their industries. It's going to set the company on a better path than it was on before. Um, it's going to re um, just sort of reshuffle the status quo. And a lot of brands are going to find new ways of making money and new channels of revenue that they should have been doing all along, but we're never forced to stop and, you know, take that step back and reconsider and just open up the floor or there wasn't, maybe there wasn't enough time um, to give employees space, like paid space, take a few days, break up into teams, um, come up with a you know problem-solving coalition where people break up into small teams and they work together to come up with creative ideas. Um, we, we're a busy culture. Maybe we just haven't had the time and space to allow our entire workforce to you know, devote time towards these kinds of initiatives, but we have that now, and I think it's no longer optional. I think we have to take advantage of it. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I like that my local coffee shop is doing deliveries now. They didn't do that before. I think there's a lot of um, positive changes that when we finally come to the light at the end of the tunnel, we're going to um, not necessarily return to normal. We're going to we'll have a new normal, but I think that there's going to be positives that will come out of it um, as a result of us being forced to look at our companies in a different light. So what role does storytelling play in all of this as a way to um, redefine, rebuild our brands, redefine and rebuild our people? Uh, what role does it play at this point? That is a great question. Thank you. Um, thank you for asking that. I think uh, when it comes to storytelling, uh, storytelling is one of the um, keystones of culture. It's something that anthropologists have found um, are one of four actual keystones that define and create a culture um, or the lack of storytelling or the wrong kind of stories can actually erode a culture. Um, I think that the CEO uh, needs to become the chief storyteller. I think one of their chief roles 
is to be that storyteller, um, not just the teller, right? Not just the person who's telling you how to do the thing that you need to do, um, but the person that tells you the stories about why the thing we're doing even matters in the first place. I think that people need to tell stories about the identity of the brand and why they exist and why it's important and what they're trying to accomplish. I think we need to hear stories about resilience and perseverance and um, other times where we've faced a crisis and come out stronger as a result. Storytelling um, tells people how to behave, how to believe, how they should feel, how they should interact in a specific environment or what kind of behavior is expected of them. So I think we need to be intentional with the stories that we're telling that empower people, that they give them hope. Um, I think we need to find stories that help to light a path um, to show us where to go. And often the executive teams and um, the founders and the CEOs and the leaders at companies, they have an idea, um, they have the vision, right? Like the, the CEO is supposed to be the visionary. It's a, he's supposed to be or she's supposed to be the person that's steering the ship and pointing the company in the right direction. So they know where to go. The stories that they tell should make sure that uh, people are operating in alignment, that the stories are pointing people um, down the right path. And what I found with stories um, in particular during times of crisis um, is stories uh, create solace. They uh, have the ability to um, create solidarity even. Um, they can help people feel like we're in this together. We faced storms before. We're going to get through. We're going to navigate these uncharted waters. Um, they you know, can even teach us lessons um, about how to respond in a crisis, um, how to keep your peace in the middle of a storm. Um, so I think storytelling is incredibly important, um, not just for business, but since you know we're discussing business right now, I think that this is a great opportunity for leadership teams to uh, rally other leaders together and um, ask the question, what are the stories that people need to hear right now? Um, what are the stories, you know, from our past or from our experiences as leaders that can give our team a sense of hope um, and connection and unity? Um, and what are the stories that can help to refocus us on our goals? And then they need to be really deliberate and intentional about bringing people together, do all staff Zoom calls or hangouts or even small groups. Um, you know, departments can gather together in a video chat. And they need to share these stories and then ask for feedback um, and open up the floor um, to hear how employees are um, interacting with those stories. Um, and what I found is that when you start to tell the right stories, uh, they'll begin to travel on the momentum of their own. Um, it's like stories want to be shared, right? Stories are told in a way that can be repeated. Uh, so once the leadership team starts to share these stories, the staff and the employees will begin to share them with um, themselves and with each other and even with customers. And that's where you see a lot of growth happen. Absolutely. And what I love about storytelling is it's it's an absolute fundamental kingdom principle. I mean, we look at Jesus, that's how he operated as an as a storyteller. Yeah. Um, and then we now see the, the power of testimonies. Um, you know, you just got to look at like a Randy Clark healing conference and they play testimonies, yeah. they get guys up and talk about their healing, and then people in the room get healed just from hearing the testimony. For me, that's where I see the 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 supernatural power in storytelling and, and what I expect yeah. to actually see released in this time is, is those business testimonies that people will listen to on podcasts like this that they can then receive for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. So then, I mean, how does, what does this mean for our brands then? Um, how do we, I mean, how do we reflect on our own stories and even what's happening right now, uh, partner with God on that and, and evolve and, and retell these stories through our brands? It's a great question. Um, so uh, John Rockefeller was quoted saying, that the identity of a brand is the extension of its founder. Um, I think all great storytelling is an expression of identity. 
And the stories that brands tell should really be um, stories about that brand's identity. And the goal or the hope is that other people that have a shared identity uh, will be attracted, you know, to the magnetism of your storytelling. And because there's alignment in personal identity and corporate identity, that those people will enjoy purchasing um, and supporting a company that stands for the same values you know, that they hold and that they believe in. So I think a big key uh, to uh, brand storytelling is to go back to the origin story, go back to the beginning, um, remember the early successes um, and equally the early failures um, because failures are often an indicator of where you went wrong. Like maybe your company exists to help, um, you know, solve problems of whatever it is. Um, at one point, I read the early uh, manifesto of Google, the anatomy of the search engine. Um, and the entire uh, white paper was written about Google existing to simplify information, it's like simplify, index all known data and all information in a way that's easy to use. Uh, it's quick, it's painless, um, and it's simple for people to interact with. So that is still most of what they do as a company. Um, they're organizing information and they're making it easy to interact with, you know, whether it's Google search engine, um, their uh, flag, uh, flagstone product, which is just a blank white web page with one search bar, um, you know, because their identity is tied to being simple and easy, um, or even like Google Home, just like ask a question and get an easy answer. I think all of the storytelling that a brand then does at that point has to tie back to that early identity. It has to tie back to, um, you know, if your identity is tied to organizing data and making it simple and solving problems in people's life, your storytelling has to look like showing times where people's problems were solved in their life and they were supported by, you know, this product um, in some sort. And that applies to all of our industries, whether it's a coffee shop that exists because it's promoting connection or it's a, um, you know, the adventure challenge exists to help um, people uh, get out of the box and have new experiences together and deepen connections because um, they are experiencing novelty and surprise and the unknown um, and embracing you know the adventure of exploring something new together. All of our storytelling then has to go back to um, encouraging people to do that, showing examples and testimonies of times where people did that, um, and even challenging them because it's the adventure challenge, uh, making them a little uncomfortable um, and giving them a challenge to face a fear or you know venture into the unknown. Um, so uh, to sum up this answer, I think leadership teams need to make sure that they are clearly communicating to their staff what those values are, what those why questions are, like why the company exists and what they're trying to do, how they're trying to help people, and then empower the team to find creative ways to tell stories about that and to look for new innovative um, methods to meet those pain points or to help people or to accomplish, you know, whatever that need is in society that each company is trying to fulfill. So, so good. Now I'm going to move on to my final round of questions uh, that I'm asking all of my guests on this podcast. Now I'm keen okay. to get some weapons for you to equip our listeners. Um, first question mate, is the one daily habit you'd recommend our listeners to help them get on the front foot each day? Oh, that's great. Um, I am an advocate of uh, complete silence. Um, I, I found that there's a lot of noise pollution in our culture and in our environments. And I really appreciate getting alone um, and, you know, obviously I'm a father of six, so <laughs> this is not uh, unexpected coming for me. But I appreciate um, finding time, even if it's five minutes uh, longer, if you can, 15 minutes, maybe a 30 minute lunch um, and getting completely alone and uh, sitting in absolute silence and just um, being as contemplative and as calm um, as possible, spending time with Holy Spirit um, not necessarily to ask questions or to try to solve a problem or to get an answer, just to unplug and be alone with Holy Spirit um, and to sit in silence 
uh, and to um, just rest, you know, help your body and your mind reset, um, help yourself feel the peace that comes from not having anything to do, you know, even in a worship service um, and you're singing a, a worship song or a praise song, you are engaged in an active, um, you know, participatory experience of like, um, you know, you're singing a song or depending on what church you're at, you're dancing or <laughs> maybe shaking a tambourine. I don't know what you, <laughs> however you worship. A flag. Um, keep doing that flagging. Um, but I will spend time, um, sometimes it's in my car, you know, just parked in a parking lot. I'll turn off the worship music. Um, I, because I don't want to require anything of myself in that second, other than being at peace and resting and connecting with God and just sitting in the silence and, um, enjoying him and having a reset moment and having that break. Um, and I found that that is always refreshing for me. Um, and helps me, I don't always do it at the beginning of the day. Sometimes it's, you know, at lunch or I've had a few, um, meetings that, um, you know, maybe I had a stressful meeting or I just had back to back meetings and I haven't had a second to, um, have a moment to myself. Uh, I'll take a walk around the block or I'll go sit in my car or go find a quiet spot and I'll just, you know, have five minutes to reset. And that always helps me. Really good. What about a, a verse of inspiration? I think you mentioned Isaiah 61. Uh, is, yeah. is that the, the focus at the moment or is there something else? Um, yeah, I think that's the verse, the verse of the day. Uh, one part of it says, I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace. Um, I think we have a responsibility right now not just to walk in peace and to embrace the grace that God has given us, but to uh, be to declare it and uh, to proclaim it and to announce it and to share it with others. Um, and I think um, to really be a herald of a new way of doing things or a new standard. Um, so yes, sit with God, ask for insight, ask for strategy, um, be proactive, help your staff, um, you know, have empathy, but then also share that perspective, share your keys, um, be a resource for other people who aren't doing that yet. Um, and I don't think this is a time for passivity. I don't think we're supposed to just sit back and wait and see what happens yeah. um, or wait for the storm to pass. I think we're supposed to be that lighthouse in the middle of the storm that's pointing the way for people who are looking for a beacon of hope. Yep. Nailed it. Now, as someone who's been heavily involved with Bethel music, I'm expecting some gold from you here. What's a, what's a worship song uh, that, <laughs> that you're really leaning into right now that's setting the right atmosphere? Um, that is a great question. I saw, um, what was it? Um, I have to look it up Go actually it. one second. It's a newer song and I'm blanking on the name. Who, who's it by? Uh, by Corey Asbury. Egypt. It's just come out. Uh, uh Egypt. Is that the name? I knew I was Googling the lyrics who stepped into my Egypt. Is it just Egypt? Yeah, it is. Yep. Um, I think Egypt is, uh, it's timely. And again, like I mentioned, um, and you can edit out my long, awkward silence no, 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 <laughs> um, leading up to that name. Um, I don't want Corey Asbury to know I didn't know the name of this song. Um, I'm, I'm joking. You don't have to edit it out. I think it's beautiful looking back at um, the songwriting process, like that takes years, sometimes longer, um, sometimes a decade uh, to incubate a song and to sit with it and to refine it. And normally there's multiple songwriters and um, the process typically takes multiple years to complete a song and then at least six months to plan um, for the production of marketing assets and to release it and to film it and you know everything that goes into it. Um, and it just happened to release at the perfect time. Um, I think that's just another, um, it's a fingerprint of us being able to see how God is with us um, and operating in the middle of the storm. Um, so I think it's a great one. 
you know, through these interviews so far, it's like everyone I'm talking to is having those same experiences. Like I've spoken to Andy Mason, who at this time is releasing a book called Finding Hope in Crazy Times. And yeah. he, he could have <laughs> never engineered this. It's all his journal entries from, from over his life. And it's just incredible to see how, how, the, how everyone's being set up for this moment, which is what's really exciting for me. Now, right. what, what about a book that you'd recommend to empower listeners? Oh, gosh. Um, that um, I... I would recommend The Infinite Game um, by Simon Sinek. I think a lot of what I've been talking about um, is um, it's what he refers to when he says, you know, business isn't supposed to be a zero-sum game. Um, it's not supposed to be one winner and then everybody else loses, um, you know, even if that's like just the, um, the high-paid executives and that all of the employees working in retail get fired unexpectedly. Um, it's not supposed to be just winners and losers. It's about playing the long game, um, really taking a look at where we're going as a society um, and as a culture and as a brand and as something that a company is supposed to stand for and then being willing to um, take the long view in the way that we react and respond and the way we give resources to employees, even though we don't know how long lockdown is going to last, um, making bets on the future, making bets on, you know, the, the fact that there is hope um, that the story of humanity is not coming to a close. Like we are actually going to come out of this stronger than we went into it. Um, I think the infinite game has a lot of positive messages that apply to our current season. Cool. Now, to finish off, uh, mate, I'd wondered if you'd just uh, release a, an impartation or prayer over over the listeners um, to to help For us sure. step up. Yeah, thank you. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask you uh, to make yourself known to everybody who's listening to the, uh, this podcast. Um. Everybody who is willing um, to just take a step back and listen to your voice um, and pursue your presence. Um, God, I ask you to make that, uh, make yourself, um, make the way that people interact with you so simple um, during this season um, and so easy to make that connection. Uh, I ask you, um, Holy Spirit, to inc increase the way that um let's say maybe not increase um holy spirit i ask you to bless the way uh that to bless our listening ears um mm -hmm. let's say that um tune our ears to the frequency that you're already speaking help us to recognize your voice in the middle of the storm and to see that you've been speaking all along increase our sensitivity and our ability to connect with you um, and I release ideas of innovation. I release uh, solutions to impossible problems. I release the ability for people um, to see from your vantage point, from the vantage of heaven, um, of not only where we're going and what's coming and the way that you want to use us um, to be instrumental in the days ahead and the seasons that we're stepping into, um, but that also people will be able to see um, that they are a leader in this season, that their voice has weight and that their perspective matters and that as they align themselves with your perspective, that we have the ability to actually be a hope right now when people need it more than ever. So thank you for knowing that this was going to happen. God, thank you for having um, the ability to be in control even when we feel like everything is out of control. Um, thank you for bringing us through um, this season and holding us close. Um, keeping us close to your heart the entire time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So good. It's, um, Brian, that was such a, a powerful discussion. Um, we've, we've been talking for, yeah, quite some time and, and I don't even think, I think I probably got to 
60% of my questions, so I think we're going to have to do a part two <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, there's just so much we gold. Schedule there. A follow up. Yeah, we really should. So, I, uh, Matt, I really appreciate um, your generosity of time and sharing your insights. And, yeah, I look forward to, to talking through more of these, these issues and topics and the, the hard stuff um, with you um, as soon as possible. So thanks so much. Hey, likewise. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And I'm keen to connect with you, hear how you're doing, and also send you some free resources. Make sure you sign up at supernaturalbusinesspodcast.com and you'll hear from me soon.